This is episode number 126 with Daniela Osio. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. I am particularly excited for this episode because I've got the founder and CEO of an exciting new company, Clupify, here with me today. Clupify makes it easier for companies to integrate sustainable sourcing into their businesses. And that's something we all want to hear about. Daniela will be telling us a little bit about her journey in the supply chain industry and why she founded Clupify. Towards the end, I'll be picking her brain on how she believes leaders can foster a culture that celebrates the inclusion of those who come from traditionally underrepresented backgrounds. So why is Daniela someone you should listen to? Well, she started her career at DuPont, where she was the global risk management leader who created, developed, and implemented a risk management organization for the $4 billion electronics and imaging business unit. She led the warehousing, barge, tank, and transloading categories through the Dow and DuPont merger, and in 2019 was named a 30 under 30 supply chain star by the Institute of Supply Chain Management. Due to all of her work in the supply chain industry, she was awarded the 2021 Young Transform Award by the Future Insights Network. Daniela is an exciting young entrepreneur, and I recommend we listen to her. So let's do this. Daniela, thank you so much for joining us on Transform Talks. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited. But you know, I'm excited. I'm more excited because we don't really generally get to interview people of your generation uh, in supply chain. So this is yeah. this is pretty cool. So I am going to ask you my first question, which is how, well, why in the world and how did you get into <laughs> supply chain? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, honestly, it's because of uh, my father. He's a, a very intelligent man, you know, humble brag. I, I think he's a genius. And so, um, you know, at our dinner tables and growing up, we would always talk about and geek over like, what's the newest technology? What's coming out in the industry? Um, what are the industries that are going to be disrupted? And, uh, and so when I was going to college and picking a, a major, I was in between engineering and business. And he was like, listen, Daniela, there is this fantastic field coming out of like the Silicon Valley area. And I think it's going to revolutionize, you know, the world. Um, and it's called supply chain. And I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of supply chain. Like, yeah, Let me like, tell what? you about supply it. Chain, what? <laughs> supply chain who? I've never heard of her. Who is she? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, he broke it down to me. So what is supply chain? And one of the things about myself, you know, I grew up all over the world. So I, um, love seeing things from different angles. And, and so the cool thing about supply chain, he said, was like, you get to see everything from a 200, like from high up the strategy of the company, and you get to see all of the moving pieces. So you're working with marketing, you're working with sales, you're working with manufacturing, you're working with logistics, and you're kind of the tie between them all. So you get to see all of the little intricacies, and then you get to set a strategy and see it from a super high level. Um, and so at that point, no one really knew about supply chain. I, I actually went to Duquesne I'm University here in Pittsburgh, and I was a division one athlete there. And they had just introduced the, the supply chain major. And uh, he's like, trust me, Daniela, study this. It will change. Like everybody's going to need a supply chain person in their company. And this was a few years ago, right? I mean, so this, yeah, was, this, this was, was a while ago. 10, yeah, 10 years ago, 11 years okay. ago that he was. And your dad has nothing this. to do with supply chain. He just sort of. Oh, he, yeah, he has nothing, but he's, 
there's this story, and I love telling this. There's, um, I don't know how much you know about Greek mythology, but there's this Cassandra syndrome. Yes, I know Cassandra. the Cassandra syndrome. You're, yes. you're cursed with the ability to see the future. Uh, but nobody will believe you. But nobody yes. will believe you. Exactly. Yes. And so I always say that my dad had the Cassandra syndrome because he was always involved with like newest technology, like 3D printing before it was 3D printing, he was in it. Solar panel before it was solar panel, he was in it. And now like electric vehicles before, you know, they became, well, like when we finish, thing, when we it. finish recording, I'm going to ask you to give, you know, to ask your dad some investment advice or at least some lottery <laughs> ticket numbers, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, it seems yeah. like he's onto something, you know, we, what, when I do a lot of this uh, podcast and some of the things I talk to people is about supply chain, having an image issue, you know, about the mm-hmm. fact that it doesn't attract a lot of diverse talent because who knows about supply chain? Mm-hmm. I think to some degree COVID is having giving supply chain its moment that perhaps those of us in supply chain have known for quite some time, like you say, that supply chain is a really exciting field. It's, it's, you know, you can see the world from up above and, and see the intricacies of how everything is connected to create a better strategy. Uh, So, so it's an, I think, I think supply chain is in an interest, the most interesting space ever, but I could say that because I love supply (laughs) chain. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's how, that's how you got into supply chain, yeah. um, which is a very cool story. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about Clupify because yeah. you founded this company in 2020 with your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's a solution that connects enterprises with suppliers and provides uh, real-time insights into the social and environmental impact of each purchase decision. Yeah. Now, wow, first of all, let me just say wow. And, and how you. amazing is that? But what led you? down the structure yeah. what led you to found to find uh, to create clubify yeah so i've always had a dream of, of starting a company especially one that's gonna you know impact the world in a positive way um and i having worked in supply chain knew the power of supply chain the power that that supply chain has so when i um graduated college actually my father back to him was like daniela first you need to understand how the world works before you can create a solution that's going to help you know and if you want to create a solution for these mammoth companies, these enterprise companies, you have to understand how they work. You know, how do they operate? How do they manufacture? Um, and so I went into my first job and I actually worked at DuPont um, and I started as a, you know, um, asset scheduler. So I was scheduling lines of production and then from there moved to global network optimization, kind of optimizing all of their warehouse locations. And then I moved into procurement, right? And so in procurement, I really saw um, when Dow and DuPont merged into one and then split into three independently traded companies, I was in charge of five different categories. So I had to, I, it was a privilege of seeing all the tools that these companies were using and all the data that needs to go back and forth between the suppliers. And, you know, what I saw was um, during the pandemic in particular, you saw this huge shift coming into sustainability where mm-hmm. before maybe it was a lip service, right? These companies could mm-hmm. get away with saying, oh, we're, we're, we're sustainable. We're doing X, Y, Z. Um, and now you're seeing regulations, investors, customers are really starting to drive and demand it. Um, and having worked in these companies, having, um, you know, networked with a whole bunch of others, I knew that there was going to be a gap. And the gap was the connection that the buyers had with their suppliers to really understand their environmental impact or the impact of their purchasing decisions. Um, scope three, which is everything that you buy, right? All of your mm-hmm. suppliers, everything like that makes up 70 to 90% of your environmental footprint. So if you want to meet your sustainability goals, you better look at who you're buying from. And so that's where Clupify comes in. So we connect buyers with the suppliers and enable buyers to have the understanding and the the insight that they need um, to make better choices. So in the past, 
when you buy, you were only looking at, let's say, quality, uh, quantity, and price. That's, that's all you really cared about. In the future, I know with this new wave of sustainability, you're going to have to look at quality, price, and, and sustainability. So that's mm. going to be a factor in your decision making because you, are, you have set these really aggressive goals. 85% of publicly traded companies have, have publicly well, announced ESG goals. Right. But it's not just it's not just the company setting them. Governments are setting them. Cons- oh, like you yeah. said at the beginning, consumers are setting them. You know, really, I don't think companies have much choice. They're going to have to do they this. Don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Yeah. But they need tools to support it. And that's where Clupify comes in. Right. They need the buyers need to be able to manage this data and not have, you know, death by spreadsheet. And that's what was happening. And that's what I saw hum- coming. And so during the pandemic, um, we did a lot of customer discovery, went out to my network um, and, and asked a lot of different companies, you know, how are you tracking this information? How are you getting this information from your suppliers? Um, what's going on? And what we learned was that there was a lack of tools. Um, there was a drive for it. And so mm-hmm. they, their desire was there. Desire was there. Um, and actually what was happening is that they were hiring consultants and, you know, consultants charge an arm and a leg. And ultimately they're not giving you a sustainable solution, not one that's going to last you, you know, a long time. And so we saw that it was the perfect time to come in with a tool that's going to connect stakeholders, because in order for us to achieve sustainability, we have to all work together. Um, and, and starting with your suppliers, starting with, with your purse string is where we're, we're really going to be seeing an impact. You know, you vote with your money. And so if you start working with suppliers that are better and that are more sustainable, you're actually, you know, encouraging them and you're giving them the opportunity to grow. Yeah, because I think a lot of these big companies, they make these ambitious goals, like like you just said, and we talked about, and then, but they can control themselves to some degree. They can't really control the suppliers and what the suppliers are doing, you know, right. And so they have very little visibility on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on their own GHG emissions, but also the lack of visibility on the, on, on their suppliers emissions is just hindering any kind of sustainability goals. It's really yeah. just very difficult. Yeah. So do, do you think that sustainable procurement holds the key to sustainable supply chain management? I absolutely, I think it holds the biggest key right now. I think there's other opportunities um, where you can take a look at your internal manufacturing and and the energy that you're using, and that's your scope one and scope two emissions. But if you really want to become sustainable, um, and if you really want to deliver on these promises, you have to work with your suppliers. And I I think I mentioned this earlier, your biggest footprint comes from your suppliers. So you will not be able to meet your goals if you don't. And that's just, point blank that's reality that's the reality that's a reality and and i think and i think um, a lot of everything else is window dressing and you're right you can hire the biggest consultants in the world no no offense to these guys but it's going to take a long time it's going to take a lot of money uh and uh, it's still not going to give you the analytics and tools that you desperately need right so yeah um and so let's talk a little bit more about you know keeping in mind that our audience is mostly made up of senior level supply chain leaders you know, who, again, tremendous desire to do this. They work for very large companies, Um, you know, but if you could leave them one message, you know, if you Mm -hmm. could sort of having this audience available to you, what what would you say to them about the future, sustainability, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would say um, make it personal, right? So they have the ability to set these really ambitious goals, but in order for their organization to actually achieve their goals or understand the severity of, or the how badly they want to do it, they have to integrate it into their organization's like 
success, right? If you, if you, um, and I, and I got this example when I was doing my customer discovery is that there's a company out there um, that has actually tied their sustainability goals to their bonuses. So if they don't meet their sustainability objectives, they don't get their bonuses. And when you do that, what you're doing is the message that you're sending to your organization is that we care about this. This is a priority and this is no longer on the back burner burner. This is in the front, right? This is part of your success and part of our entire organization's ability to continue to provide innovation comes with us becoming more sustainable, us living in harmony with the world. And so when you tie your goals um, to your uh, to the employees, you know, performance, you're sending a very clear message. And then after to everybody, you've done not that, just not yeah. just your employees, to everybody. Absolutely. And then after you've done that, you know, empower your employees with the tools that are going to make mm-hmm. that so that they can achieve it, right? Because it's, it, it would be horrible if you were like, this is an objective, but you have no budget to achieve this. And you have yes. no, you have no opportunity. Um, and you just have to do it with, with the tools that you have. You don't have the knowledge. This, this is ultimately a, a new wave that's coming. And many people don't know what to do. That's why you're still ha- seeing a huge um, group of people hiring and companies hiring consultants. Right. Well, because because nobody knows how to operationalize sustainability. That's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. And so I would then say, you know, look at a tool like Clupify, right? Look at a tool like like the one that we're providing that's going to empower your buyers, empower your procurement industry to have the data that they need to make the smarter choices, mm-hmm. to align with your goals and objectives. And so maybe that means that you're, what you're going to do is you're going to allow your buyer to compare two different suppliers that may provide you with the same um, material and say, well, supplier A, has, their impact is 25% greater than supplier B. Um, but I give a lot more volume to supplier A. Maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to switch that around. Supplier A, supplier A is going to be my backup supplier and supplier B is going to be my primary supplier. And that switch has now lowered your footprint by 25%. And with the Clupify tool, you can capture all of those smart decisions and actually tell the market and the industry, hey, guys, listen, we have tr- we've taken sustainability, we've made it part of our culture, we've made it part of who we are. And because of that, we've lowered our footprint by 40% in three years. Fantastic. Okay, great. We're starting to align with um, suppliers that you know go with our mission and our vision. Fantastic. And that's what... That's what's needed. And that's what's being required by the industry, you know, uh, investors, customers. But everybody, right? employees, employees, employees. Let's, not, let's yeah. not forget that employees are also saying they, they want to be you know, the next generation of supply chain talent that, you know, or any talent, they want to be associated with companies that actually, you know, don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk as well, you know, and they, and, and they don't do the greenwashing. So I want to change gears a little bit, switch it up. Uh-huh. So we've been talking about sustainability and we've been talking about uh, you know, Clubify. So you're a young supply chain professional, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think in a startup, and I think that um, one of the things that I get asked a lot about is the kind of managerial advice or leadership driven advice from startup companies, because in a small scalable startup, you have agility, you have adaptability, resilience, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's different than running a, a huge monster of an organization, you know, with bureaucracy and layers of complexity, but what advice would you give senior supply chain leaders about the kind of managerial leadership sort of um, strategies you implement as the CEO of your business uh, that they could take to their business? Yeah, I would definitely start with 
start with kindness um, and, and empathy and, and listening to your workforce. I would say that's the foundation of all of it. And then after that is a lot of these solutions are gonna come from internally. So give your employees the opportunity to voice their opinions and to voice what's coming in the industry. I remember um, when I worked at DuPont, that was something that they did well. And they gave me a lot of um, responsibilities and ability to kind of prove myself um, at a young, you know, let's say young age, because I had just joined the company, but they really listened to what I had to say, because I was somebody who, and, and I think that you're going to see this in the, in the new workforce, that they have a lot of grand ideas. They have great, um, you know, they, they see the future in, in a different light, right? And so mm-hmm. they see that there's, there's so much innovation coming out and give it a shot, give it a chance. I know there's bureaucracy um, and I know that there's, you know, levels of approvals and this guy has this one and this woman has that one. Um, but try to simplify and give power to the people who are just driving innovation. For example, working with a startup is mm-hmm. something that would benefit a lot of these companies yeah. because we can come in and give them the agility and give them the innovation and they can pilot with us, for example. Mm-hmm. They can pilot with different um, innovative startups out there and like try it out. You know, if it fails, you still learn something. And if yeah. it goes successful, you're the first one in the industry that has this awesome, innovative idea and you can either, um, and you can be the leader and you can say, hey, we're this mammoth, huge company but we're going to take a risk and we're going to work with the startup because we know that they have the agility to, to give us this new technology. They can pivot. They can do all of these things that, you know, good or bad, we can't do, but someone else can, and we can partner with them. So I would definitely say, you know, empower your workforce and then empower those in your workforce to take the risk and start working with the startup because it is a risk, right? There's some sort of unknown, right? And, and being able to be okay with the unknown, being able to, um, try something and, and see if it works. That's how you're, you're going to get closer to, to your goals and, and to meeting innovative, you know, new technologies. Yeah, and- completely agree with you. I mean, I think this disruptive era that we're in, we can't keep doing the same things and following the same sort of business processes that we have been doing. So for the last 10, 20, 50, hundred years, in some cases, yeah. uh, and expecting a different result, right? Yeah. Um, definition of madness. So <laughs> next question is, diversity and inclusion, because here we are talking to someone, you know, female founder, you know, Mm -hmm. young uh, Mm -hmm. Latinx, you know, Mm -hmm. we, you, you are the kind you typify the voice that perhaps hasn't been getting a lot of uh, attention in the last Mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50 years. What advice would you give to senior leaders again about uh, hiring and keeping and retaining? Here's the the key word, retaining top talent. That's diverse. Yeah. Um, one, I would say, um, oof, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, don't just, don't just put out that you're diverse and inclusive. And then when somebody has a different opinion than you, or has a voice that doesn't sound like you don't squash it. Right. So I've, I've heard, I've heard this happen a lot where they're all about diversity and inclusion until they say something they don't like right? Be able to listen to feedback um, and hear about, hey, this is the type of workforce and the work environment that's going to benefit me, that's going to allow me to have, Mm. to be successful. Um, Put these people in leadership positions, right? Try every time that you're hiring, put somebody on the hiring table that doesn't look like you, that doesn't sound like you. Everybody, everyone around the table that makes the decision on who to hire should be different. And I think Mm. that 
brings in new voices. And then retaining is just about um, giving them opportunities to continue to grow and develop. And I think um, many times um, we've unfortunately kind of uh, given jobs to, and, and the same type of people have leadership positions. And so just, uh, just giving them the opportunity um, and, and putting them in, in, in places and let them speak for themselves, right? Don't make assumptions. Oh, well, they just had a baby, so probably they don't want to be in that position. Or, oh, you know, ah, this, this seems too challenging. Ask them. Why not just ask them and be like, hey, there's this position opening. Uh, you could, you, I think that you might be a good fit. Let's put you in there and let's, let's challenge them. And then also don't, don't put the pressure on the person of like, oh, if this is the first um, black person in this role, or if this is the first Latinx person in this role, don't put that pressure on them of being like, you're the first um, and you mm. have to succeed because you speak for everybody. It's like, <laughs> we don't, you know, I don't speak for, for my whole community, um, but still, and offer that, offer that knowledge and, and understanding that they aren't representative of everybody, but you want them to succeed. Give them the yeah. tools. Um, I always say, and, and then this maybe not so much for my leadership, but for maybe everyone else listening, is that the one thing that I believed is that I believed I belonged at every table I sat at. So I, and I, and I walked that walk, right? Whether I looked like everyone else or not, I belonged there. I, I, I had worked hard and I had the merits and the knowledge to sit at that table and my opinion was valid. And I think that that's a message that, that we all have to kind of, Sometimes it's hard because you look around and you're like, no one looks like me. No one talks like me. No one has the same background, but that's okay. You still belong there. You still belong at that table Make it and your voice. Make, Make it comfortable for them. Absolutely. Make it comfortable. And I think, I think if I can add something here as well, from my own experience, have you noticed my, just my Christmas lights just came on. So my, my, my face got <laughs> yeah. just lit up like that. Yes. I've got Christmas lights all around. They just are on automation anyway, but um, They're like, she's about to say something great. Light her up. I know, light her up. <laughs> lighter up this is morsel of information that's going to come out it's just going to be a game changer no what i was going to say is let's let's add the following i've been there I, it's hard i'm i am a middle-aged woman and uh i find myself sometimes trying you know biting my tongue because i want to say but we've already done that and that failed or i've you know no i don't mm -hmm. agree because we have preconceived notions as well you know and so i think to let people try to bring their ideas to the table and maybe explain where perhaps things, your experience is, you know, mm -hmm. my experience is this, but tell me what you're thinking, you know, tell me what mm -hmm. you're thinking and let's try one of your ideas. Let's see how it goes. Uh, and then give feedback. So that's that, just coming at it from my angle where I'm a middle-aged person and I have younger people around me too, that I think it's important to hear them out and, you know, and, and try to bite your tongue with, you want to say, oh my God, no, we tried this five years ago. It didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's a different world right now. So I want yeah. to ask you the last question, because you talked about geeking out with your dad and, you know, about <laughs> the newest technology. And it sounds yeah. really exciting. Those conversations sounds, sound really great. And uh, but so what is the one piece of technology out there that excites you most right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say blockchain, you know, blockchain and its potential. Um, I know that, you know. I think right now the technologies out there on blockchain are assuming that we've already walked and we're running, but I think, you know, right now it's, it's a little bit too soon to implement blockchain in so many different places, but we're going to get there, right? First, yeah. we need to walk. First, we need to make those initial connections. First, we have to have that value between, you know, two stakeholders. Um, and then later on, we can then, you know, do all of the cool things that blockchain can do. But I want to say blockchain is, is the future and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revolutionize a lot of different industries. 
Um, so I'm excited to see what comes out of it. I think that we're still a little, as in, as in so many ways, a, a little too young, let's say, for blockchain. And first, we need to make those mm. connections before we can implement uh, blockchain technology. But uh, but exciting things are going to come out of blockchain. I think it's going to it's going to change the way we do things. But you heard it here first, everybody. You know, you heard <laughs> it here first. Um, Danielle, I want to thank you for being here with us. I want to thank you for sharing your your insight. I want to congratulate you again for the major success that you've had, the innovation that you're bringing to the table, and also for winning the Young Transform Award that you just went, won at Transform Fest. So congratulations yeah. on that. Oh, and thank uh, you, Maria. You know, really best of luck it. with everything. Best of luck with everything. I'm really excited to see what, what's next with you. Thank you. Thank you. And if anyone wants to connect, I'm always open to new connections. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can look up Clupify online. We've got a website. We've got a LinkedIn page. So make sure to, to stay informed and, and come along in the journey because I think there's a lot of uh, exciting things. And if you are new to supply chain, it is the most exciting and fun industry to be in. So come along for this journey. Thank you, Maria. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you at the next one. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.